Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry, 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 Merry Christmas. And Happy New Year. We are swiftly approaching the end of 2021 and going to be in 2022. Pretty, um, pretty, uh, pretty fucking crazy, honestly. Uh, this has been a year that's left a lot to be desired. Um, but, you know, it's, <laughs> it's coming to an end. And maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, hopes for the new year, whatever, a little bit later. Um, missed yesterday because, um, well, God's honest truth is that um, I've been doing really not <laughs> nothing but playing Grand Theft Auto with uh, my friend and 2K. Um, with a couple of friends of mine the last couple of days. That's really all I've been doing. And eating and <laughs> sleeping on their couch. Um, tried, uh, took a uh, hit of a joint for the first time in many, many years. And uh, that kind of resulted in uh, not wanting to leave the first night. And then I just, you know, got... <laughs> Got lazy and we were playing video games late and ended up sleeping on their couch a couple nights in a row. So, uh, yesterday kind of fell by the wayside for me uh, just because, you know, exa- just exhausted from not getting <laughs> any good night's sleeps and just being a piece of shit. So, uh, day late, but better late than never. And here we are. So, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's get into it, mate. Uh, so, we went 2-2 two and two last week, so that brings us to a total of 9-3 and three through 12 games. Um, you know, at Atlanta, definitely a bit of a letdown. I was nervous about that game once, um, once it got announced that Jared Goff was not going to be playing, and... The line didn't really move. You know, it was like six and it went to six and a half. You know, what does that say about Jared Goff in the first place? But it didn't move. And, you know, that happened in the middle of the week. And I got to imagine that a lot of bets, at least public bets, came pouring in on Atlanta after Jared Goff got announced that he was not going to play. So I think it kind of flipped on us. After we recorded, uh, where I started to become a little little weary of Atlanta. That said, um, they won by four, so we came up just short on that one. New England, you know, they got their asses kicked. <laughs> There's no two ways around it. Got their asses kicked. Uh, so, you know, we missed that one, too. And then the, the two two-team teasers won pretty easily, if I remember, the Bucks and well, the Texans won outright. So the Bucks won by thirty points. Texans won outright. So that was that. That was the biggest cakewalk of them all. And then uh, the other two team teaser: Tennessee won outright, and then um, Minnesota came actually came down to the wire there, where they ended up covering uh, by seven by kicking a <laughs> late bullshit field goal. But hey, we'll take it. 
So not there's certainly not our best week. So I think we're going to um, trim the picks back down after taking so many. Uh, like I said last week at the beginning, we were going to kind of lay it on the line and see what happens and pick a ton of games. And, you know, I mean, hey, we didn't do terribly. So, I mean, it, I guess in some regards it works. But I think we're going to stick with the strategy of only picking games that I truly, 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 really uh, like. So, without further ado, what do we got this week? Uh, I'm just going to go down the slate. Um you know, there's some bad games. There's some good games. We'll 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 talk a bit about it. Uh, Giants Bears. That I mean, that's oh god. Chicago minus six. I don't know how you could touch that. I was talking with a friend of mine yesterday. He really he he quite liked the Giants. Um, and in a traditional, in my traditional logic, I would probably like the Giants too. If they're getting only six. I mean, the Bears. You know, beat Seattle on the road last week in a snow game. Nick Foles out outdueled the Russell Wilson late in that one. So you know the perception of the Bears coming off a win like that and the Giants just having the wheels completely fall off against the Eagles. Jake Fromm is going to be like out of the NFL tomorrow because he was so bad, and Mike Glennon wasn't much better. So I guess. In a traditional sense, I would like the Giants, but my fear is is that the quarterback play is really that bad. I think with the Bears, I don't know who's going to be starting this week. If it's Dalton or it's or it's Foles, you know that those guys are definitely better than Mike Glennon. And Justin Fields, you never know what you're going to get, kind of get out of him. If he were to have a big game, <laughs> I would expect it to be against the Giants. So the Giants do do a pretty good job of keeping teams in check. It's really the offense that um, let lets their games get out of hand because they can't fucking move the ball and turn it over all the time. So I'm I'm saying this is a, this is a stay away. If you feel hell bent on taking this game, I agree with my friend and say that I would take the Giants plus six. But I I don't have a strong feeling either way about that game. I think it's it's going to be an absolute shit fest. Falcons Bills. I do like Buffalo here, laying fourteen and a half. Uh, you know, my logic here is that you know Atlanta. As I was talking a little bit about last week, I, I they they have a decent number of wins. I mean, for crying out loud, they've won seven games, which is certainly not terrible, and it's not often that you see a team. This late in the season, a one game under 500 getting 14 and a half points, which is pretty crazy. But, in you know, when I was looking into them last week, Atlanta plays close games with bad teams, and when they play good teams, especially on the road, they get their fucking dicks kicked in. So, I think that's why this line is where it is. Buffalo looking very strong last week. Uh, as well, my my sense is, um, yeah, my 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 sense is that a lot of people are gonna be kind of siding with what I just talked about. Seeing Atlanta still in the playoff hunt at seven and eight, getting more than two touchdowns, half point more than two touchdowns. I think that a lot of people 
would look at that and scratch their head a little bit and be like, well, you know, Atlanta's only got two less wins than Buffalo. How, you know, they're, they're getting a shit ton of points here, so let's roll with Atlanta. Uh, that that's not, that's not the logic that I buy to. I, I like the opposite of that. So I'm going to go ahead and you know what? We're going to, we're going to take it. We're going to, we're going to make, we're, I think we're going to, just quick glance here. We're gonna end up maybe taking two picks this week, maybe three, maybe four. Actually, uh, there's actually kind of a lot that I like, but we're gonna go ahead and lock in um, Bills minus fourteen and a half home against Atlanta. I think they're gonna. It's gonna be a romp, and um, I feel pretty good about that. And well, maybe we'll, we'll we'll kind of do what we did last week. We'll we'll kind of rank them, or, or at least I'll rank them just in terms of my my confidence level. Chiefs Bengals should be a great game. Chiefs are given um, five at Cincinnati. You know, obviously the line is appropriate, as it always is, and always will be. Uh, this one, I don't know if I feel great on I mean you know Casey's getting giving five on the road that's a lot if you flip it around if you were to flip that around because you get three it's three points in either direction right so it's um if it were a neutral game it would be three points so it'd be KC minus eight if KC were home right now in this game it would be KC minus 11 right now with Cincy on the road uh, that's what this is telling you. So Kansas City is uh, really good right now. Uh, Super Bowl favorite. It's hard to bet against them. But again, if you were hell-bent and inclined to bet on this game, it looks like the weather is going to be ice cold in Ohio, 32 degrees. Uh, if you were really hell-bent on... on buying into this game just because you were going to watch it or something, I would probably lean Bengals getting the five. But, you know, you don't get rich bitten against Kansas City, so there's also that too. But this, for me, is a stay away. Um, Dalton Dolphins at Titans. Titans minus three and a half. This is, this is very ticky-tack. I mean, would anybody expect this game to be a three- or four-point game? 24-20, I mean, I think that's that's right on the money. Like again, as as it always is. But I think you know this is going to end up being a stay away for me too because Dolphins. You know they won seven in a row. Tennessee people again still aren't that hot on them. They were a good bet I thought last week against San Francisco, and you know, and they came through. Whatever. Does that change, really change perception of this Tennessee team winning at home? A.J. Brown having a huge game? Maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, it would be a different story if Henry were returning this week. You know, it would be interesting. We were having that conversation yesterday. What does? How much does the line change for a guy like Henry or Jonathan Taylor? Got to think it's a couple points. So it would be interesting to see what this would be. If Henry were active, maybe it would be like Tennessee minus five and a half or something like that. But this is this is very ticky tack again. I, I don't know if I feel very strongly about 
either which way. I don't know. I can't exactly make an argument. I can make a I can make a strong argument for both of these teams getting most of the public bet. Tennessee being like you know four and three or whatever they are without Henry, Dolphins on a huge win streak, but. You know, everybody's been pointing to the level of quarterback play that they're that they've been facing during this win streak. It's been like you know, uh, Ian Book and Mike Glennon and Zach Wilson and uh, just just bad. Like they haven't faced like one starting caliber quarterback since they started this win streak. Um, Tannehill obviously doesn't like the world on fire, but you know, I I really. I don't know if I can make a strong case of perception for either of these teams, so I don't. I don't. I think this is another stay away. A lean Dolphins, if you're uh, in a late season pick 'em, if you, if you're looking for a little nudge one way or the other, I would lean Dolphins, but yeah, I'm not crazy about this one either. Raiders Colts total stay away. Carson Wentz has COVID. Um, yeah. You don't know if you're going to get Carson Wentz or you're going to get fucking, I think, uh, Sam Ellinger is in line to start if he, if Wentz can't go. So right now it's minus six and a half, which I would imagine is assuming that Wentz can go. Don't know what it would be without him, obviously. Uh, so, you know, if, again, you were taking your pick and we were doing it today and you had to lock your picks in today, you got to go to the Raiders just in the off chance that Carson Wentz doesn't play. But with all the unknown and uncertainty, that's a stay away. Jags, Pats, New England giving 16. Ah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you could. <laughs> Typically, in this case, I would love to take the Jaguars, but they're just so incompetent with or without Urban Meyer. That game against the Jets-Jags game last week was honestly a great game to watch because it was so bad. It was like the fucking, it was like The Room, that movie, where it was so bad, it's, it's good. And, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence... The Jags' first touchdown of the game, Trevor Lawrence keeps it on an option, fumbles it at the goal line, and the center scores the first touchdown for the Jaguars. Just so miserable that I don't know. I don't know. You know, I don't know how you could trust taking them, but also at the same time, sixteen is a lot. So can you really put? You really gonna lay sixteen on the Patriots who? haven't looked very capable of scoring consistently the last couple weeks. So, I don't know. That's another stay away. Bucks at Jets. Um, you know, I lean. I certainly lean Jets here. There's, I don't have enough conviction to, to actually make it one of the picks. But, you know, 13's a lot of points. Jets, obviously not great, but... You know, they've they've been somewhat competent at times. Like coming off a, a nice win for them, honestly, last week was was a, uh, you know, any win is good for the Jets or the Giants these days to instill at least a little bit of hope. Um, I don't know what they're they – were, they were ravaged by COVID last week. I think some of the guys have come back. Solid and coach last week. I think he's going to be back now too. So, interesting. Um Lean Jets if you're looking for help in the pick'em, but probably probably stay away too. This one, this next game, I like. We like it. We like Washington at home plus three against Philadelphia. 
Washington, obviously, coming off one of the most embarrassing games the entire season against Dallas, just getting completely obliterated. Like, I, I that <laughs> that's the type of game in the NFL where it's like, why do we even have to play the second half here? Just brutal, brutal, just absolutely brutal. I'm I'm in, and. And the Eagles, on the flip side, basically did the same thing to the Giants, just pulled their pants down. I mean, not in the first half, at least, but in the second half, they fucking pulled the Giants' pants down and just embarrassed them. I think, you know, with those two extremes, then coming back full circle into this game where Washington's getting only three, I love Washington here. I think... You know, not that I think. I know the, the, the perception. I mean, the reality is that Philly just blew out the Giants and the Washington just got embarrassed on national television. So why would anybody take Washington? That's exactly why we like Washington, folks. Washington plus three at home against Philly. I, li- I do. I like them. I like them to cover to, to cover the three here. I just think that's a juicy, juicy, juicy line to be taking because a lot of Fucking boneheads out there. Barstool boneheads are going to be taking fucking Philly minus three. And I want them to lose all of their money. So we're going to fade them and we're going to take Washington plus three at home. Looks like we're going to have some decent weather in Landover, Maryland. So Heineke hopefully will get his head out of his ass and and play a little bit better than he did last week. So we'll see. Oh... So that's two. That's two official picks so far. I think we're going to make it three here. We're going to make it three. We're going to take the Ravens plus three at home versus the Rams. I think Lamar, the reports at least earlier, that is that Lamar is going to be ready to go come Sunday. I think that's obviously very clearly built into the line that it will be Lamar Jackson and not... Josh Johnson. And even if Lamar can't go, Tyler Huntley is... I mean, they almost beat Green Bay with Tyler Huntley. Like, I think he he's shown that he can be pretty efficient in this offense and be pretty pretty good, actually. He might even be a better fucking passer. And Lamar has not had a very good year, at least passing the football. Uh, and Huntley may even be better than him at that. I don't know. Uh, but he's pretty solid, so... I like this. I like. I, I. I. think you know the Rams have shown that they can win some ugly games the last two weeks, uh, and I don't know if anybody. I don't know how much. I don't know how much stake is getting put into exactly how ugly the Rams have been winning the last two weeks. I mean, it's almost kind of bizarre how they were able to score thirty points with Matt Stafford throwing three interceptions, but. You know, the last four weeks since their three-game losing streak, they blew out the Jaguars. They won a a pretty impressive game at Arizona. They won ugly at home versus Seattle where, again, nobody particularly played very well. And then they won ugly last week where they were just running the football. Stafford was turning it over, and they weren't that dynamic. Ravens, obviously very banged up. Quarterback situation has been in flux now for a long time. The fact that they're only getting three and a half makes me makes me a little bit weary of this game. And when I'm when I'm when I'm weary, I like it. Um, so wow, <laughs> look at that! 
I just refreshed my page, and now it's Ravens plus four. So we're going to officially take the Ravens plus four at home versus the Rams. Don't love the line shift, uh, but it is only in the middle of the week. So we'll see where it ends up come Sunday. But as it stands today, we're going to take Ravens plus four. Broncos, Chargers. Chargers need this game, boy. They fucking need this game. They, I don't know if it's a coaching issue I don't know. I don't. Yeah, it must be. I don't know if Staley is like a great coach because it's inexcusable for this team to fucking. They could have had a stranglehold on the seventh spot in the AFC last week if they just fucking beat the Texans as ten point favorites. And you go into Houston and you get fucking blown out. I mean that's crazy. And they've had they've had games like I was saying last week that which is exactly why I liked Houston. They have games on the road where they just fucking forget how to play football and win these really close games against bad teams and it finally caught up to them and they got their fucking asses kicked. So they need this game. It's at home, so I expect them to win. Laying six and a half, I don't know if I love that because it seems like Vic Fangio's kind of fucking uh, uh, coaching for his job right now. So, you know, a full touchdown... I don't know if you're, if you're, um, you know, but, the, you know, that's to the point, too, where it's just like Chargers just lost to the Texans and they're giving a, a touchdown. I kind of like the Chargers in that spot, you know. Uh, so I, I'm not going to, I don't want to make it a, a, an official pick, but, again, for the sake of, uh, anybody looking for some late season help in a pick them I, I would lean chargers here now this one this one is going to be the last one that we take so it's going to be four picks i'll rank them this is all right so this is going to be my top play this is my top play of the week san francisco at home laying 12 and a half against houston Kind of similar to the reason that i was just talking about where houston just blew the doors off of the chargers and San Francisco just lost as a as a road favorite. Um, and on top of it, we don't know Jimmy G's uh, status. We don't know um, whether or not he's going to play, whether it's going to be Trey Lance. We don't know. There's a little uncertainty. There was that drama with uh, John Lynch liking uh, some tweet that was degrading Jimmy Garoppolo by accident, he said, which was, I don't, I don't know how you could do that. I don't know how you could like a, a tweet specifically referencing your starting quarterback when you're fucking sitting in church. Like, <laughs> you're, like Twitter's full of so much shit, and that, that just happens to be the one that you fucking uh, butt dial. Like, come on, man. I, that's besides the point. With all the drama, with all the Jimmy G negativity, with all the uncertainty, I don't care who's fucking playing quarterback. I don't. That is a misconception. Worrying so much about who's playing quarterback, especially in this situation where it's not an elite quarterback. Obviously, if like, you know, if Dallas or like Kansas City don't have their starting quarterbacks, not a not a huge deal. But I think the the, the Vegas gap between Garoppolo starting in this game and Lance starting in this game is virtually zero. So I don't care who's playing quarterback for the San Francisco. The fact that Houston blew out the Chargers last week and they're still getting 12.5 this week while Niners are coming off a loss and a lot of drama and uncertainty makes me love, love, love San Francisco this week. Laying the 
don't don't fucking give a rat's ass who's playing quarterback. Cannot stress that enough. I almost want it to be Lance so we could finally see him play a full game and see what he could do, put it together. But love San Francisco in this spot. Couldn't love it more. So we're going to say that's our number one top play. Second play is going to be... Um, second favorite play is probably... It's probably... Buffalo, Buffalo minus the 14 and a half. Third favorite play is going to be Washington plus three. And fourth favorite is going to be Ravens plus four. Um, so two, two, two big favorites, which is uncharacteristic for me, but I really do like those two big favorites and two home dogs. Um, two big home favorites and two home dogs, I think, will round out a nice, a nice card for this Sunday. The rest of the slate, Cardinals at Cowboys, interesting game. Uh, Dallas currently giving six. Eh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Obviously, I hope the fucking Cowboys lose, but they'll probably win that one. Uh, Panthers at Saints, Saints giving six and a half. I think Darnold is getting the start for Carolina and Hill for New Orleans. That's a, you know, whatever game. feel bad for New Orleans. Their defense is really, really good, but they can't... <laughs> They haven't been able to fucking... Ian Book was so bad. <laughs> I feel bad for them. Um, Lions, Seahawks, you know, whatever. Uh, Vikings, Packers. Uh, if you need some leans in these games, I'll just give you my quick leans if I were to just, you know, if I were doing a pick them. I'd probably roll with... Uh, I'd probably roll with Arizona this week. Plus six. I think you know they're they're in the, and they have a three game losing streak in their own right right now. And Dallas just looked like they, you know, everybody wants to pretend like blowing out the fucking Redskins is gonna win them the Super Bowl. Um, again, I think Dallas probably wins this game, but you know, if Cardinals plus six coming off a three game losing streak, uh, three game uh, against the spread losing streak as well, uh, give me them to turn it around a little bit. Uh, I'd probably take New Orleans minus a six and a half at home. Um, you know, ugh, I don't know. I can't really make an argument for either of those teams. That's an awful game. Lions at Seahawks. Seahawks laying seven. I'd probably take Seattle there. Vikings at Packers. Green Bay minus seven. Give me the Vikings again to keep it close. That's what they love to do. They love to keep games close and lose. And then Browns at Steelers is the Monday night game. Cleveland minus three and a half. I like the road favorite there. Both teams just just awful. So that pretty much sums up our stuff for the NFL. Funny enough, um, uh, last week or the week before, I was talking a little bit about uh, doing some future bets. And if you did do them last week, I think on two of them, we kind of made out pretty good. Because Buffalo took over the number one spot in the AFC. So I am seeing them down from 16 to 1 to 10 to 1. Um, so you got you got a nice little you got a nice little boost there. Uh, yeah, because I made the point of betting of laying the two and a half on New England while also taking the future on Buffalo to kind of hedge yourself out because now you got some nice value on Buffalo. And the same thing happened, I believe, with the Rams. Yeah. Because Arizona ended up going down on Saturday night, 
And then the Rams won that game at Minnesota, so they went down from uh, 9.5 to 1 to 8 to 1. So, again, just returning some value there as these teams um, went from being second in their division to taking over the division lead and potentially hosting a playoff game. So, hopefully one of you at least did that. Um, If not, I certainly didn't do it, so it's a moot point. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, currently uh, the state of the fairs in the NFL, and we have those four picks this week, so hopefully... We'll keep things rolling at our nine and three record and uh, see where we end up. A lot of a lot of picks again, and I, I maybe we'll just keep it coming. Depends on uh, what happens in the next couple weeks. What is it? Is it week seventeen? Yeah. Wow. Typically our regular last week of the regular season, but we <laughs> we got one more after this. So exciting stuff. Um, all right. Now that the NFL stuff is over. For the second half, second segment of the podcast, I wanted to talk a little bit about some um, some movie reviews because I watched a lot of the stuff um, that I mentioned in the movie podcast last week. I watched um, several of the uh, upcoming movies that I was looking forward to watching. Uh, my my parents are obviously in Florida, and my aunt is not a huge fan of COVID, so ended up just like staying in the city for Christmas and not not quarantining, just like you know, I, I it would just would have been would have had to jump through hoops to just go you know see family for an hour or two, so ended up staying here. Knocked off a lot of. Um, of the stuff that I wanted to see. So I just wanted to give some of my feedback for anybody who was interested in seeing those movies. So the first one, what do we, what do we start with first? Um, 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 first one, I'll just go in the order, I guess, in which I saw them. Um, first one was Nightmare Alley. That is the Bradley Cooper vehicle where he is basically, he's like this, like, um, you know, loner guy, like weird guy, and he starts working in a carnival, and then he becomes, you know, like very ambitious with the carnival stuff, in particular, like this one trick that he learns from this magician, where, you know, he basically, the skills you adopt, it, 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 fools people into thinking that, you know, you're some fucking, like, mind reader, or you, um, you know, can communicate with the dead and shit, but in reality, it's bullshit, like, he doesn't have any special powers, it's just all bullshit, so he uses, he then uses that, um, you know, uh, he, he practices the skill and everything, and he uses that to kind of get into higher social circles, and, and, uh, kind of use it in that regard. I'm not going to give anything else away. That's more or less the, the, at least the start. And I thought the movie was excellent. A little, probably a little, little long. Um, longer, probably a little longer than it should have been. 
because there's kind of two setups. It's like it sets it up, uh, you know, his uh, initial starting point, like getting into the carnival scene, and then it starts up again where he, you know, kind of starts his own ventures into higher, you know, social status circles, whatever. So it does take a while to, like, really get going. Um, but I thought it was excellent. The ending, you know, they're they're portraying it. Um, you know, I saw another trailer for it the other day. The ending, they're like, this is one of the wildest endings of all time, whatever. It's definitely really good. <laughs> like, the ending is really good. Um, highly recommend it. Uh, I believe you could go, still go see it in theaters. But it was excellent. Loaded cast. Uh, really just beautifully filmed. Excellent, excellent movie. Um, then that I saw that uh, on Christmas Eve. Then Chris... Uh, no. That was the day before Christmas Eve. Then on Christmas Eve, I went back to the theater. There was nobody in this fucking theater. Like, when I saw Nightmare Alley, there was, I was maybe one of three people there. And then, um, and then I, when I went on Christmas Eve, too, it was the same thing. I was like, <laughs> I was like one of like three people there. Um, but Christmas Eve, I went back, I saw Licorice Pizza. Um, that's been out, that's another one that's been out for like a month now, maybe a uh, month and a half or something like that. But it was released for a, a limited release for about a month and a half. And then Christmas Eve was like the opening release where you could go see it at like AMCs and Regals and stuff. So I went and um, that was hands down um, the best movie that I've seen this year. Uh, honestly, in a long time. I can't remember the last time. I I would I would have to think pretty hard to... Um, come up with a movie that I've seen in the last couple of years where I was like that it was that level of good or at least I enjoyed it to that level it was just you know some parts were so tense where like you're like squirming around in your chair they're so tense other parts I, I mean I'm sitting there basically by myself and I'm laughing out loud and there was a guy, like, way in the back behind me. He was fucking laughing out loud. Like, there are laugh-out-loud parts that are just so, so funny in that movie, too. And then the rest of it is just... Just the dialogue is so good. It's wonderfully shot. It's... it's. I mean, it's everything that... It's everything that that, that you would want in a, in a, in a movie. And, um, you know, a huge fan of the director, obviously, like I talked about last week, and this is by far, by far, his most, like, uh, you know, um, mass audience-friendly movie. I mean, I would recommend this to fucking any, literally anybody, anybody, adult, maybe not kids, but, like, anybody over the fucking age of... 18 would fucking really, really appreciate this shit. I mean, it is just a magnificent movie by all accounts. Couldn't, couldn't have higher regards for it. And I really desperately hope that it ends up winning Best Picture. I don't think it will. It's going to end up being this fucking Belfast bullshit or West Side Story. I mean, it's just... There are literally people out there making movies to win an Oscar at this point. Um... You know, being the Ricardos, I mean, 
You can't convince me that any of those movies are better than this. I refuse to believe it. One's a fucking remake. Like, come on. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. This will be the best movie that's made this year. And unfortunately, it probably won't win, and that's a travesty. But that shouldn't hold you back from going to see it. It definitely needs to be seen. Uh, watch it with your girlfriend. Watch it with your parents. Watch it by yourself. It doesn't matter. It is just simply one of the best movies. It is the best movie that's going to be made this year. Then I saw, after that, I saw um, Don't Look Up, which was, oh, how much time left do I have to talk about how fucking bad that fucking movie is? My God. I mean, like, ah, I, I mean, I'm glad that I saw it because I would, you know, I would wonder, you know, if I hadn't seen it. You know, everybody saw it, obviously, because people were either quarantined or home for Christmas, and you're fucking sitting at your house, and you open up Netflix, and it's just, that's all you see. Just don't look up, don't look up, don't look up. So, I mean, people were watching it, and if everybody's watching it, and, you know, people came certainly came to me and told me how much they didn't like it, and blah, blah, blah. So I had to see it, you know, to give, A, give my feedback, B, be a part of this movement, and, um, you know, I just thought it was just so self-righteous and pretentious. It certainly had good ideas and, you know, honestly, similar ideas to um, some of what I've talked about in the past in terms of, like, people getting off their phones, getting off social media and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. But... You know, I just didn't like how it was, it was almost like chastising people for doing it, you know, while also not even providing an alternative to, you know, it's just like saying you're a fucking idiot if you like looking at TikTok and watching videos of Ariana Grande while they literally have Ariana Grande in there, you know, and, um, what alternative did you provide there for us? So what, what, what should, what should we fucking be doing? You know, like what if if you're going to fucking rip people apart for doing something, at least give them a little nudge, you know, give them a little nudge to maybe what they could do instead. But there was none of that. And then, you know, Meryl Streep is some female version of Trump. It's like, you know, there's satire and then like there's whatever this is. Like, I just thought that it was just it was so blatantly trying to be satirical where it was just, it just didn't work, you know? I feel like with satire, if you're going to do something like that, you got to do something that's, like, so over and above to where it's, like, really funny. This was really trying to tether the line between, like, funny and serious at the same time, and it just, it just didn't work. It was so sloppily thrown together as well, too, like, it, you know, with all of the you know, the cut shots to the TikTok videos and, and then the story, like, you know, all of a sudden it's like Leo is, you know, him and Jennifer Lawrence are doing this thing then he gets famous and then they kind of split up and then, and then miraculously they see the comet in the street together and then it's just like, then they're back on their stuff and then not, nothing really happens and then the comet comes and fucking blows up the earth. It's just like... Ah. <laughs> 
I just yeah, I just don't I, I just don't think that it, it tried to do way too much tried to do way too much and be way too much and say way too much and um, you know I talked about that in the in my initial podcast where I was kind of you know at least basing um, you know I was making certainly making a lot of assumptions about this movie and the filmmaker uh, based on, you know, his previous work, but it's all fucking held up. Like, this is the same old bullshit that he's been doing for the last seven, eight years, whatever. And, uh, it's just, it's just amounting to just, you know, a bad movie with a sour, sour message. And, uh, like, like, you want to be this fucking, you want to stand on your soapbox or whatever, then, like, at least, like, like I said, tell people what else to do. And then making the comparison between a comet fucking hitting the planet and coronavirus is also ridiculous because it's not the same. And obviously it's hyperbole and obviously it's satirical. But like the the large point of the movie was listen to the science, listen to the science, whatever. But like science and data, as I've talked about on other earlier podcasts is subjective at this point so it's like clearly taking a one side and not not alluding to that whatsoever and not even telling people you know what they should do instead of uh, pay attention to uh, you know instead of stop paying attention to such bullshit even though like this is part of the bullshit (laughs) And it certainly had elements to where, like, it tried to the movie tried to make fun of itself too, but it was just unsuccessful. It was just so unsuccessfully done. Just, you know, in order to do that, you got to really take yourself unseriously, and I I did not see that. Like, you're not taking yourself unseriously uh, if you know you got fucking Meryl Streep, Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, the 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 firepower was unreal. I just think the execution was just so poor. And, like, despite all of its messaging, throw all that away. Throw all of it away. And just think about the movie in a vacuum. It was still just a bad movie. <laughs> Take all the messaging and all the bullshit out of it. It was still sloppily made. It was uh, the story just so, at times didn't make any sense. The cutscenes were ridiculous. It was just a bad movie. And, uh, you know, not funny. I mean, it was just. I, I I can't really say anything good about it. Um, so it was unfortunate that you know that's another that's another this is just another installment of a filmmaker who has graced us with Anchorman and Step Brothers and the other guys and and obviously Anchorman two and and so many at fucking Talladega Nights like so many just amazing movies where he's just so talented and good at making those movies and he's just choosing not to do it and that to me is very upsetting um what else did we see uh then christmas night i went to um i went to this like one of the because it was a limited release so i was like fuck it there's this like indie theater they have fucking IPAs on tap. They serve cappuccinos. They have, uh, like, big, like, 
old school movie billboards from like the 50s and shit. It was like this like super like uber hipster place on Houston Street. And, uh, you know, they have all like the limited release films, like all the indie films and shit like that. So I went there because I was interested to go see The Tragedy of Macbeth. And if you didn't know that they were making another Macbeth, this one is in black and white. It's with Denzel Washington. And it was getting a lot of buzz for being probably the greatest remake of, of Shakespeare on film. I was interested in it because um, Joel Cohen, one of the Cohen brothers, was making the movie, and I love their fucking movies, and my, at least, perception of the movie uh, was that, you know, the Cohen brothers are known for their, like, witty dialogue, and, you know, uh, they've done amazing remakes for it, they've kind of made it in their own image in the past before, so that's kind of what I was expecting. But, um, you know, the film is beautifully shot. It's honestly one of the greatest atmospherically pleasing movies I have seen in my life. Like, it's in black and white, but it's just like, it's very like, um, it's almost like haunting in a sense. Like, the, 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 the way that it's filmed is just like, it's, it's surreal. <coughs> and the acting was no doubt amazing. But man, oh man, I was expecting it to be at least understandable because, you know, you read Shakespeare. I mean, you, if you fucking read it, you don't know, you fucking can't understand it. I mean, Old English is a different language, essentially. And this movie was in Old English. So I'm fucking watching this thing. I'm in the theater and I'm like half the time, I'm like, what the fuck are they saying? And it's not like, you know, you're watching like a, you know, if you sometimes if you watch like a, you know, like a... Um, like a hardcore like UK movie like if you watch something like a, like a real like British movie um, sometimes you gotta put the subtitles on because like you know if people are talking in the, you know those like not like non-traditional movie star like British accents like if they're talking like they are on the streets as they do in Britain, sometimes they talk so fast you can't understand them, you put on the subtitles and you understand them, because they're still speaking basically the same thing, but Old English is like, wow, like, what the fuck, and obviously you can't put subtitles on at the movie theater, <laughs> so I sat through this almost two-hour movie, that, like, and there's obviously things that you do pick up, but a lot of it I, I had no no idea what what was going on and I'm obviously not a huge Shakespeare fan to begin with so I I mean I read Macbeth probably at some point in high school but I wasn't I'm not totally familiar with um with the with the full story I mean you know some of the references and stuff like that yeah I, you know I remember those but that story through and through not 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 really at all and I really couldn't follow it because of uh, because of the language. So, <clears throat> unless you're a gung ho Shakespeare fan, I don't know if I would recommend it. Unless when it comes out on Apple TV, you could watch it with with subtitles. That may help. I would anticipate that that would probably help. Uh, but again, uh, it could be in like such old English that it's like still almost under un, uh, not understandable. So that was disappointing. I mean, I could guarantee you it is an amazingly well-made film but very difficult to understand um and then i think that's it no 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 
I watched uh, the new Joaquin Phoenix movie, Come On, Come On, uh, where it's basically he's, uh, you know, he's kind of this lonely guy, and his sister is going through something with her ex-husband, and he needs to take care of his nephew for a while. Um, watched that amazing movie. Um, you know, it's a, at times very sad, very heartwarming um, I'd be lying to you if I didn't, if I told you that I didn't fucking cry, like, it's definitely one of those type of movies, um, but, like, just amazing, and the filmmaker Mike Mills, he's made only, like, three movies now, uh, Beginners, 20th Century Women, and now this movie, I've seen all three of them, just awesome, awesome, just, like, very, like, humanistic stories, like, just, really well-made films and like really you know they make you think about you know your own life and um you know if you're in some sort of uh you know if you're in some sort of um you know desire to watch something like that you know some reflective if you're in a reflective state or something like that and you want to watch something like that i mean that's how i've been feeling so i wanted to watch something like that it's certainly an amazing movie and um i do hope that it gets some oscar buzz because i mean it's just uh you know it's a story about reality and i i think that gets often overlooked and um you know i don't think that it should but excellent another excellent 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 movie so i think that's that pretty much sums up that um I guess for we have about ten ten minutes here. We'll we'll fill it up with, um, you know, twenty twenty two coming around the bend. Hopefully, um, you know, hopefully this Omicron stuff comes to an end for fuck's sake. Um, you know, this should be, this should be the last of it. I think that, you know, it takes up. I guess I'm being guilty of this right now, but so many people, I mean, it's like, you know, it's become, you know, if you're just speaking with like, uh, you know, a coworker or a peer, like talking to like your doctor or something like I was yesterday, like instead of like, oh yeah, you know, how's this fuck, how's it, you know, instead of like small talk about the weather, everything's become about fucking coronavirus. And, uh, you know, I'm very, <laughs> I'm very, 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 very over talking about it, debating it, talking about how it sucks, talking about what, how stupid people are for thinking that they're, you know, they're in danger. I'm tired of talking about how stupid people are for not getting vaccinated. I am like, I'm just at my wits end with talking any about anything about coronavirus. And, uh, you know, I am trying my best not to engage in it. Uh, obviously, I'm talking about it right now, so I'm not doing uh, that great of a job. But I only bring it up for the sense that in 2022, hopefully it is not a topic of discussion and we can finally move past this. Hopefully this Omicron shit runs through fucking everybody like it has been. Everybody fucking gets it and then we're fucking done with this shit. I don't, I'm not going to get into the, what I think about the booster or anything, because I don't fucking care. Like, it's over. 
whatever they tell you to do, you're going to fucking do it or else you're going to get your, or else you're going to lose your job or else you're going to do this. You're going to do that. And whether that's right or wrong, that's just the fucking reality of the situation. And if you don't like it, go somewhere else. That's the bottom line. That's where we're at. And that's what people are doing. And if that's what you want to do, then God bless you. It's, there's no sense in arguing about any of this shit anymore. Because it's just going to unfold the way that it's unfolding anyway. And hopefully... Hopefully next year in New York, because I'm certainly not going anywhere except for Florida for two weeks, which will be nice. Um, you know, I'm going to be in New York for the foreseeable future. So it's just like whatever, however the chips unfold, that's how they unfold. I have hopes that in 2022, you know, they're going to force us to do whatever they're going to force us to do. But if that finally puts this thing to bed and people can stop fucking talking about this on a daily basis... And that's that's what I'm hoping for at this point. And, uh, you know, we'll see what else transpires. I think, you know, uh, this year, I mean, for me, was not a great year. Um, have not, you know, I've gone through quite a bit. Um, you know, I never, never really took the appropriate time or measures to get over a breakup. Um led to some bad drinking habits and I'm working on that now and like you know it's been a year and then yeah obviously fucking coronavirus you know the lack the lockdown last year in the winter was fucking brutal um so you know it has not been a great year I would be hard pressed I heard something yesterday on a on like a basketball game or a football game it was just like one of the football players was like this was the best year of my life I'm like really (laughs) like what I think a lot of people would say that 2021 sucked. Maybe not as bad as 2020, but it still wasn't fucking great. <laughs> you know? So, um, hopefully, finally, we put a lot of this to bed. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to this Florida trip. That'll be a f- nice way to, you know, kind of kick off my year. Um, you know, go down there, just fucking get some sun gonna be fucking running every day knocking out miles gonna be with a friend like we're just gonna fucking explore some places finally gonna take this fucking uh diet seriously um try and cut out wheat um you know so we'll see how long that fucking lasts but told my mom was like don't fucking buy any bread or pasta and let's see how I feel, you know, if that can improve my stamina, if I can, you know, I still haven't gotten past the 10 mile mark and I really want to be able to do that while I'm down there. So hopefully that'll help me do that. I know you technically need to have carbs and shit while you're fucking running, but whatever. So, you know, looking forward to that. And then, um, you know, I'm going to stick with, uh, recording the podcast and then get into full-time student teaching and stuff. So, you know, this this next year will be, uh, you know, going to have a lot of stuff going on. Um, so hopefully the chips start falling and, and we can move on from all of this shit. And, um, you know, kind of uh, just really start enjoying, um, enjoy, <laughs> enjoying the world again. I mean, I know that's not exactly where we're at right now, but I have hope that this thing was going to pass through quickly. You know, I'm so excited to finally travel and go and get to see new places and stuff. 
So, uh, definitely feeling good. I, I never, like, you know, New Year's resolutions, whatever. That's all bullshit because people fall into fucking bad habits over and over and over again, including myself, obviously. I don't know how many years I've told myself by New Year's resolutions I'm going to stop getting so fucked up, and it just never works. <laughs> you know, uh, it takes real change, um, you know, and I'm not... Again, not trying to get up on my soapbox. I'm I'm just saying for me personally, like I think that me deciding not to drink is real change for me finally for once. So, you know, I don't believe in, you know, I, it's like, you know, the symbolic change, like the change in the fucking tides is all of a sudden going to change because today is 2021 and tomorrow is 22. Like that's bullshit. But it is some sort of like, you know, representation of like just saying like you know what this year sucked let's fucking put it in the past and let's hope that next year is a little bit better you know and uh i definitely feel good like i said i think this no drinking thing is good for me right now i'm certainly in the best shape of my life not having the most fun because uh, it is kind of boring when you when like your entire social life or all that you've known is uh kind of non-existent at the moment but you know that's part of the growing process and we'll learn more about that like I will learn more about that like going into the year you know in 22 I'll try different things and fucking find other ways to to enjoy myself and have fun or whatever whatever you know that's part of the uh that's part of the process so um you know I hope that a lot of people are are kind of feeling uh the same way, at least hopeful for, you know, positive change, um, you know, and I, I encourage you to, to, um, you know, think about, you know, what, 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 uh, what other ways can I focus my attention in, in, in uh, instead of getting <laughs> worked up about coronavirus, you know, um, it's, it's certainly, I mean, had, um, you know, like exercising for me has certainly been a good thing. And, uh, you know, I, I would, I would, you know, I guess part of the podcast is for me to share any positive things for me. And, and if you are feeling a similar way, then maybe you give them a try and maybe it works for you. I don't know. Or maybe it doesn't. Who knows? But I think, you know, 2022, if we can get past all this, um, you know, I think we're all in uh, in for a, l- a little bit of a, an improvement over the last two years. Just by, just honestly, uh, just that that's just how things usually work. Is as as further we get away from a devastating event like coronavirus, the better they get. And this is just another year away from all of this fucking bullshit. And I hope that it is good for me. I certainly hope that is good, that it is good for anybody who's listening, and, um, you know, I, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's fucking keep our fingers crossed and, <laughs> and do our best to make this better on top of it, so, um, that's that, um, I'll be flying on Sunday, but if you think that's gonna, if you think being in Florida is gonna stop me from fucking recording and making picks, you are sorely, sorely, sorely mistaken, so 
next week I'll certainly report back to everybody about how the trip is going or went, and I wish all of you listeners a very, very happy new year.